The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. eat better, get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Find places where you recognize yourself. I wrote that in my book, Creating a Charmed Life, nearly 20 years ago, but I was reminded today that it is still really relevant. I went to the Stella McCartney Friends and Family Sample Sale, and I so recognized myself in all the girliness and the New York City-ness and getting to celebrate the work of a fellow vegan on a day when doing that was remarkably affordable. And I hope you are recognizing yourself in this day and that part of that is listening to this podcast. I'm Victoria Moran, host of the Main Street Vegan Program, and today our topic is food. So after the break, we'll meet Chef Chad Sarno of Wicked Healthy. And right now, it is my pleasure to introduce Andrew Spudfit Taylor. You heard about this guy. He's a dad and an educator in Australia, and he spent the year of 2016 eating something that a lot of people who wanted to lose weight, which he did, give up, and that is potatoes. He decided that he would treat food addiction the same way an alcoholic treats that addiction, by quitting. In the process, he lost over 120 pounds. He overcame clinical depression and anxiety, among other things. And there is a fabulous cookbook all about what happened and how you can cook amazing spud-based recipes yourself, Spud Fit, a whole food potato-based guide to eating and living. Welcome, Andrew Taylor. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be uh, chatting with an icon of the vegan world. So, yeah, thank you for having me on. Well, you are too kind. And I am the one who's honored because you asked me for a recipe for your wonderful book. So uh, we are collaborators and that's uh, a great feeling. So I'm so interested in what you did, why you did it and what you learned. So first, tell us a little bit about yourself. If we were doing this the way they do it in AA, I'd say, what did you used to be like? What happened and what are you like now? Yeah, okay. Well, 
Well, uh, I guess for me, it all starts as a, as a teenager. I was an elite athlete, uh, a long-distance marathon kayaker, and I was an Australian champion, and I still hold some records that haven't been broken since I was a junior uh, nearly 20 years later. And uh, basically, I, it, it, there was a sort of a slow decline in my fitness and, uh, and weight, but I remained fit until my, my uh, first boy was born, who's five years old now. And, uh, and a whole series, you know, new parents know that it's hard to exercise and do things right when, uh, when you've got a new kid. And, uh, yeah, that, that started a, a faster decline for me. And, uh, and I started, uh, my, my food addiction went out of control as my ability to find the time to exercise diminished as well. And, um, and I ended up with clinical depression and anxiety and, uh, life was in a, in a bit of a mess. Well, in a big mess actually. And, and, uh, yeah, I was just eating a lot of, uh, junk and, you know, binges daily. And, uh, and I was morbidly obese at, at 330 odd pounds. And, uh, yeah, life was, life was hard. <laughs> and so there are lots of diets out there. You could have found Atkins, you could have found paleo, but instead you found potatoes. How did that happen? Yeah, well, I, I have tried all those other diets at some point as well. And, uh, and I was very good at sticking with a diet for a period of time and losing 10 or 20 pounds and then putting it all back on plus more. And, and that was what happened at the end of, uh, at the end of 2015 for me. I, I decided that I needed to lose some weight and I had a month where I did really, really well and lost, uh, uh, I think I lost a bit of weight. Uh, I didn't weigh myself because I was scared of the scales, but, uh, yeah, that was, it was a good month and I decided to reward myself with one slice of pizza. Uh, and of course one slice of pizza turned into a whole pizza plus ice cream, plus soft drink, uh, a massive binge. And the next day I was feeling really down about myself and really uh, angry with myself and annoyed that I couldn't do this mythical thing called moderation that everyone talks about. You know, everyone says it's fine to eat everything in moderation. And I was really angry about that and angry with myself and really annoyed. And, uh, and I went to the fridge and got a beer. And as I sat down and cracked open the beer, I suddenly had this amazing realization that the way... I had been treating food all my life is the way an alcoholic would treat this beer that was in my hand. And, uh, and that is, you know, we, we all know lots of alcoholics that, uh, you know, binge drink daily and get drunk all the time. And then they can go, okay, I'm quitting now. They can go for a month or a few months or even a year or something. And then some sort of special occasion comes where they can go, well, uh, it's my best friend's wedding today. I'll have one drink and I'll go back to being sober tomorrow. And sure enough, that one drink, quickly turns into full-blown alcoholism again and uh and that was really mirroring the way i was treating my my relationship with food so uh, it made sense to me that if an alcoholic if i'm behaving the same way as an alcoholic then i should treat the problem the same way as an alcoholic uh so i i decided to try to find a way to quit food and uh and the closest i could get turned out to be uh eating only potatoes and that's that was about as close as i could get to quitting food entirely now a lot of people though would say that potatoes are a binge food for them and 
that it's something even some of our plant-based doctors say uh, just uh, you can eat sweet potatoes don't eat white potatoes they're high glycemic so how did how did you come to see that this was the right thing for you to do well i would have binged on potatoes too if i had deep fried them you know to turn them into chips or if i had topped them with um sour cream i was vegan already so if i'd topped them with vegan sour cream or bacon bits or you know, fake processed meats and um, cheese and things like that, then, yeah, it would it would be a, a binge food for me as well. But I, I would challenge anyone to try to binge and eat too much calories on plain, uh, cold, boiled potatoes. You know, they're not that exciting and they don't trigger the same uh, dopamine hit or what I call a foodgasm in the in the brain that uh, that they do if you if you top them with all this you know, junk garbage that people usually top potatoes with. So, you know, potatoes potatoes do make you fat if you top them with junk, but don't blame the potatoes. Blame the <laughs> junk that you put them put on them. And uh, yeah, and I think most most people seem to uh, to get confused about what the actual cause of the ill health and and the weight gain is. It's not the potatoes. It's what you eat with them. Mm. So there have been people who have done starch-based mono diets before. I mean, certainly we know the macrobiotic people love brown rice. Back in the 50s and 60s, I think it went back that far. Duke University had the DASH diet for high blood pressure, and that was mostly white rice and, and fruit. So what brought you to potatoes specifically? Well, it just it started with a simple Google search. In, in that moment where I cracked the beer and had that realization, my laptop was right there. I remember the moment very, very well. Um, my laptop was right there on the coffee table in front of me. So I picked it up and started searching for um, what would be the perfect food for humans because I thought, obviously, you can't quit food. So I wonder if I could quit every single food except for one. That would be as close as I could get. So um, I just did a Google search, something along the lines of what is the perfect food for humans. And uh, a video by Dr. John McDougall, who I'm sure you've heard <laughs> of, popped up. And, and the title was The Perfect Food for Humans. And I watched it and it was a very short um, four-minute video. And he talked all about potatoes and the history of potatoes and the health of potatoes. And he, he, uh, he packed a lot of information into that four minutes. And, um, and that wasn't the video that made me think I'm going to do this, but it certainly triggered something in my brain and sent me down the rabbit hole of research. And, um, and I did look at quite a number of other foods, but over the next six weeks, uh, I did a lot of research, hours and hours every day, read lots of uh, nutrition science. I've got a science degree myself, so I understand how to read and interpret science. So, um, so I read a lot of science, read some books and watch some uh, online lectures from various nutrition scientists and doctors. And, um, and yeah, the, in, in the end, uh, my research led me to conclude what I should have just, well, what I could have just concluded from that short four minute video that Dr. McDougall presented. And, uh, and that was the, if I was going to quit food except for one food, then, then potatoes would be the ultimate choice. I think it's from Dr. McDougall that a lot of us who, who are vegan and, and plant-based learn how amazing potatoes are. I didn't know until I read Dr. McDougall that they have a lot of vitamin C. They have absolutely all the protein you need if that was all you're getting your calories from. They have all the amino acids. They're really pretty magical. Yeah, most people don't know that, and I didn't know that either. I was like everyone else before I started doing this research. I thought potatoes would be the last thing you'd choose. But, uh, but yeah, I turned out to be wrong in those thoughts. And, yeah, it's funny because, 
you know, my story went pretty viral and it was, uh, it was in the public for a while. And every time there was, uh, there was a so-called expert ask for their opinion in a news article or on the TV or something, they always had all these silly things that they would say that they definitely, if they knew what was actually in a potato, they wouldn't say it. And one of them was that uh, I constantly was getting told that I'm going to get scurvy from lack of vitamin C. And as you mentioned, the potatoes are excellent for vitamin C. Just from eating only potatoes, I was getting over 400% of my daily vitamin C requirements. And um, yeah, like you mentioned, potatoes have got enough protein. Uh, You know, I was... I had people say I was going to get bowel cancer from a lack of fiber when potatoes are great for fiber. Um, I was going to you know, get anemic from a lack of iron. Potatoes are great for iron. That's That one seems to be most surprising for people. I was getting over 300% of my daily iron requirements just from potatoes, which uh, yeah, people find hard to believe, but it's true. Um, yeah, you can just you can go through the whole list. Potatoes are great. And then, uh, yeah, they, they gave me everything I needed and, and my blood tests and medical checkups and every marker of health that we measured throughout the year only continued to get better as I went with just potatoes. So that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> so when you were doing this, you were also learning a lot about yourself. Did you know going in that you were what you would now call a food addict or did that kind of reveal itself to you? And what helped you recover as you were eating the potatoes? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I didn't know I was a food addict until I had that realization on the couch with the beer. Um, and, and I didn't, I certainly didn't know the extent of it and really what that meant. All, all I thought was just, I figured that if I was behaving the same way as an alcoholic, then that meant I was a, an addict. Um, and then when I started this, uh, potato only thing, the first two weeks of my spud fit challenge is what I call it. The first two weeks were probably the hardest two weeks of my life with dealing with serious cravings and, um, and yeah, real, um, real difficulty in trying to, uh, come to terms with my emotional state as well, because I had no idea until then how much I used food to deal with my emotions and how, you know, at the end of a day of work, uh, I would, you know, a hard or a bad day of work, I would, come home and want chocolate or ice cream or pizza or whatever and when when I when that situation arised and I went home and I all I could my only option was to eat potatoes I just didn't know how to deal with my emotions and I didn't know how to self-regulate you know so that was a really hard time to try to uh yeah understand what was going on in my head and and learn new strategies for uh for not totally breaking down and losing control when I when I couldn't just squash my emotions with food that was a really difficult time but uh but yeah slowly over the course of a couple of weeks um yeah really my life changed in that in in that period of time and uh and yeah things really dramatically improved as far as my depression goes and uh my I lost significant weight through very quickly uh, which was not my aim. I didn't expect to lose weight doing this, and it was just a nice side effect. Uh, and yeah, I, I was sleeping better within that two weeks, and my blood pressure came down, my blood sugars came down. You know, it was a, a as well as being very difficult. There were a lot of positives that happened in that two weeks as well. So yeah, I, I learned a lot about myself um, emotionally, spiritually, uh, and 
and I and I learned a lot of strategies to help me cope in various situations that I'd never learned before as well. Well, what are some of those, Andrews, for somebody who's listening, who's dealing with some sort of problem with eating, they may not do a mono diet like you did, but, you know, maybe they're doing plant-based and, you know, maybe it's good, maybe it's not so good, but it's hard when you're dealing with an addiction. So what are some of the strategies? What were some of the things that really helped you? Well, the, the number one thing for me was, uh, before I go on, I should just point out that I don't, I don't actively, prom- I do promote my, my mono diet, potato diet, and I think it's a good idea for a lot of people, but I don't think it's for everyone. So I'm not here to say that everyone should do this. I think a whole food plant-based diet is great. If that's, if that's what you want to do, then that's what you should do. You shouldn't, you know, it's sort of potato only is sort of a last resort for people that have trouble sticking with a whole food plant-based diet. In my opinion, that's the way it should be treated. Um, anyway, the, the number one thing that I learned was just to take some time before I eat and, um, and really, you know, it's in the, in the beginning, it was, you know, two or three or five minutes just to sit down or get some alone time and really, um, take the time to logically, uh, think through my decisions and really understand and get to the bottom of why I'm making the choices that I'm making and rather than just, uh, unconsciously, uh, reaching for the thing that looks, you know, the most delicious, uh, really examine my thoughts and examine why I'm doing it. And, and also to really get in touch with, uh, what the, the actual consequences of the choices are, you know, cause we, when we make food choices, we, we seem to, um, myself included, uh, seem to make choices based on what's going to be the most fun right now. And we don't, uh, allow ourselves the time to consider uh, what, how you're going to feel about that choice in 10 minutes, in an hour, tomorrow, next week, in six months' time. And when you really take the time to, uh, to imagine what happens as a result of the choices that you make and put yourself in the position of six months down the track, being heavier, more depressed, less healthy, um, you know, it makes the choices easier. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was the number one thing for me to just, just take the time to really consider the long-term ramifications of every choice that I make. Uh, and yeah, like I said, in the beginning, it was, it would, I would take a few minutes, but these days I don't really, I hardly ever do it, but when I do, it's only 10 to 20 seconds and really, um, yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. Uh, another simple trick that I had was that I would have potatoes with me everywhere I went. Uh, and I would always have a box of potatoes so that when cravings hit, I could just do a simple little trick. And that would be, I would just tell myself that, uh, okay, I can have chocolate cake. I'm not going to stop that. I'm allowed to have chocolate cake, but before I do, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to finish this whole box of potatoes. I'm going to fill up on potatoes. I'm going to eat every potato I've got, uh, until I, until I can't fit any more potatoes in. And then I'll see what I feel like doing. And without fail, every single time I did that, by the time <laughs> I finished the box of potatoes, I didn't want cake anymore. Ah, that's <laughs> so, a great story. Yeah. So that's that's sort of, you know, one sort of simple trick and one sort of more complicated thing that I learned. Yeah. So you did, 2016 was devoted to potatoes only. Yeah. And what happened uh, in 2017? Well, I ran a marathon in 2017. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I called that. Well, the first uh, my my sort of name is has become Spud Fit, and so that 2016 was the year of the Spud, and the 2017 
became the year of, of fit. So yeah, I, I, uh, I ended up running a marathon and, uh, and had a great time doing that and getting fitter. And, uh, and yeah, and I continued eating a lot of potatoes, but not only potatoes. So yeah, my diet was, uh, I call it whole food potato based rather than, <laughs> rather than whole food plant based. It's whole food potato based, which is basically the same thing, just with more potatoes than most people would eat. So yeah, most of my meals are either potatoes only, or they have potatoes with, you know, some salad on top or some beans or, uh, yeah, things like that, or. Or sometimes I eat some fruit as well, but yeah, I, I probably two thirds of what I eat is still just potatoes. Yeah. So you are a man of your word. So talk a little yeah. bit of, uh, about the fit part. Now I think that that's really elusive. Sometimes even when people are eating really well, how's your life different? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's really important that people understand that it's exercise is not important for weight loss. Uh, um, people always, again, I got to remind people that this was not a weight loss thing for me. It was just change my relationship with food, deal with my addiction. And then the weight loss happened on its own when I got the, that emotional side of things and the behavioral side of things under control. Um, in the beginning for the first month, I lost 20 pounds, a bit over 20 pounds in a month. And I did no exercise at all. Um, and then I started exercising just because I, I felt like I wanted to, I wanted to get outside and start moving. And, um, and so, yeah, that's what I did. I started exercising and I noticed, and I think most people do that when you're not restricting your calorie intake, then, um, more exercise just means eating more. So it doesn't help you lose weight because you, you end up eating more to compensate for the extra calories that you burn. So that's a really important thing to notice. Uh, and to, to take note of, I should say. Uh, yeah, so but as far as exercise goes, it's really, to me, it's just about doing what you enjoy. Exercise is a really healthy thing, and it's great for, uh, for so many different areas of health. And I think the most important thing about exercise is to just the best kind of exercise you can do is the kind that you will repeat daily. So there's no point trying to find what the best kind of exercise is for fat loss because you'll probably hate it and you probably won't want to do it. And then, you know, there's no point because, you know, you do it for a week or a couple of weeks and then it'll be finished with. So, you know, find a group of friends and that, you know, you can hang out with and do some, do some walking or whatever, or find a podcast like this one that you like listening to and listen to it while you're walking instead of while you're uh, sitting on the couch or uh, listen to, you know, your favorite audio books or things like that while you go for a walk. That's where I recommend people start. And then, you know, if you don't like that, then you can try something else. Go swimming or uh, play tennis or anything. Just just do anything to get your body moving and in a way that you enjoy and preferably with friends if you, you know, if you need some extra motivation. That's all good. Or you could mash your potatoes by hand. So, yeah. <laughs> Andrew, tell us about the book, Spud Fit, a whole food potato-based guide to eating and living. Yeah, well, I, I had so many people over the years asking me to do a recipe book, and I'm really not a cook. Uh, I've, I've uh, Like I said, most of what I eat is just pretty plain potatoes or just potatoes with a topping of some kind. And I like the idea of doing a recipe book. I just thought I was not the person to do it. And then... I was thinking, well, maybe I could do a recipe book and get someone else to do the recipes and I could do a lot of writing about my experience and explain how things work and how to uh, how the mind works a little bit and how health works and just put in a lot of writing about the whole experience and what I can teach people. 
and then get other people to do, get someone else to do the recipes. And then I was trying to think of who I would ask. And I had this huge list of people that I could ask to do the recipes. And then I thought, well, why don't I just ask them all to do one each? <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we did. And so we ended up with over 90 different people contributing one recipe each. And, and, a, and a couple of people actually contributed essays rather than recipes. And, and of course, there's a lot of writing in there from me. And, and it turned out to be a really, really cool book. And it's not like any cookbook I've ever seen before before. Uh, in that it has a lot of uh, interesting information in there about food addiction along with uh, nutrition science kind of information and then so many, so many great people like yourself uh, providing awesome recipes that, uh, that really uh, show people that how we can eat potatoes in a super healthy uh, and, and exciting way at the same time. So yeah, it's, I'm really, really proud of it. It's, it's the coolest thing I've ever made. <laughs> uh, well, other than your kids. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so what is one recipe that just surprised you that a potato could do that? Oh, potato pizza was the, the most surprising. I, I just didn't, I had no idea that was possible. And, uh, and yeah, there's a potato pizza in there where the, the pizza crust itself is made from potatoes. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really incredible and not like anything I, I would have thought you could possibly do with potatoes. So yeah, that was the biggest surprising one for sure. What a wonderful world when one can have a potato pizza. Yeah, so where, yeah. Uh, so do we get the book at spudfit.com? Yeah, that's the best place to get it. You can also get it on Amazon. It's, uh, it's available for Kindle uh, on Amazon. And yeah, or you can, yeah, spudfit.com is the best place, in my opinion, since it's my website. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we will absolutely uh, be doing that. And, and shout it out to all your friends. You know, it's Christmas time. So think about people who uh, may want to bring potatoes back into their lives. So spudfit.com. <laughs> it's right. Uh, spudfit <laughs> on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow this man. He's charming. He's delightful. And he and Dr. John McDougall are just God's gift to potatoes and to us. <laughs> so thanks so much, Andrew. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for all the inspiration and all the deliciousness and for having me as part of your cookbook. Everybody else, stay with us because after the break, we're going to be talking with Chad Sarno and we are going to be getting wicked healthy. You want to be around for all of that. Thanks so much for having me and say good day to Chad for me too. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today.
Here's a Unity Meditation Minute with Paulette Pipe. So as always, we begin our time of meditation by first taking account of what we're feeling, those sights that we're seeing, those sensations that we're experiencing, and each breath that we breathe. Notice where in your body you're experiencing those sensations. Let your breathing find its own rhythm. As we begin the process of letting go, the process of relaxation. Remember why we're here. To hear more from Paulette Pipe and Touching the Stillness, visit the archives section at unityonlineradio.org. Know Yourself as Divine, Stations of the Cosmic Christ. A new book from Matthew Fox and Bishop Mark Andrus introduce a spiritual practice designed to help you realize the divine within. Combining prayer and an interpretation of the Stations of the Cross, featuring beautiful imagery, you will be led on a process of transformation. This book will help you discover the most caring, courageous, and compassionate parts of yourself. Get your copy today at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Take time out for you and join other like-minded souls looking to build their connection to spirit with the Unity at Sea Cruise in 2019. Experience a spiritual retreat at sea as you participate in a special program designed to help you on your individual journey of self-discovery. Deepen and explore your spiritual growth with Unity ministers and presenters as you enjoy exotic Caribbean ports of call. For all the details, go to unity.org slash unity at sea now to make a deposit by January 30th and save $100. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore and other legendary Unity teachers with Reverend Bob Brock and Unity Classic Radio. Every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Central, Bob shares original radio transcripts from the Unity Archives with truth students worldwide. Explore these timeless teachings and learn how to apply them to your life today. Listen live or on demand. You can also connect with Reverend Bob on his Unity in Action Facebook page. Tune in every Tuesday here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. So for anybody who's new, who doesn't know who I am or hasn't listened to our show before, first, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. If you want to find out more about what Main Street Vegan is all about, just uh, go to MainStreetVegan.net, where you'll find a blog and information about my books and about our academy that trains vegan lifestyle coaches and educators, brand new documentary film, A Prayer for Compassion. So we'd love to have you visit, and you can just check. I want to be a Main Street Vegan, and then uh, you'll be connected. You'll get some info from us, the weekly blog. You can also join the Main Street Vegan Podcast Listeners Group on Facebook, and that's kind of the inner circle, so we'd love to have you there. I love that veganism is not a rule-bound kind of 
organization or cult or something that some people think it is, that really within these gentle parameters of not eating anything that harms a fellow being, you get to eat whatever you want. So we just talked with Andrew Spudfit Taylor, really, really fond of potatoes. And now we're going to be speaking with Chef Chad Sarno, who's really, really fond of all kinds of amazing foods and has put this all together in a wonderful career as a chef, a restaurateur, an author. Chad Sarno is vice president of culinary at Good Catch Foods and co-founder of the Wicked Kitchen line of foods at Tesco. Chad is also an ambassador for Ruby, the world's largest online cooking school, where he launched the professional plant-based certification course. Oh my gosh, it is such an honor to have a celebrity chef on our show today. Welcome, Chad Sarno. Thank you, Victoria. So nice to be on here. Thank you, and, and thank you for all the work that you've done over the years for, for the animals and for just the, the, the global vegan movement. Oh, really, really you. honor your work. So Thank you. Thanks well, for I'll having just me. say that back to you. I mean, I've loved your books for such a long time and, and the crazy, sexy diet that you, crazy, sexy kitchen that you did with, with Chris Carr, and now Wicked Healthy that you wrote with your brother, Derek Sarno, and David, I'm not going to try to do this last name. How do we say that? You're welcome. Ooh, okay. I would have totally missed that. Um, this is a great book, everybody. Oh, my goodness. It has this amazing cover that kind of looks like a butcher shop, but you see it's not. It's really somebody who knows how to wield a mallet cutting a beet. <laughs> Very hip. So it catches your attention, that's for sure. Well, now, Chad, when you gave me your um, your your Skype handle today, I'm not going to tell people what it is, but it has to do with kind of how you started out, which was more in the world of just raw food. So, how'd you start, and how did you get from there to here? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's been a journey, that's for sure. And um, you know, I, I I first stopped eating dairy products at a young age. That's really what kind of uh, opened my eyes a little bit to the the connection that we have with health and the foods that we consume. So I stopped eating dairy products at a young age, and and within a couple months, I was off all my inhalers and really put me on a path of health. Um, I was pretty crippled with asthma growing up. Um, um, on different inhalers and, and uh, asthma attacks uh, throughout my childhood. And, and uh, you know, removing dairy really uh, kicked me on that path. And one of the, one of the areas that I really looked into was, uh, was raw foods at the time. Um, and so for a number of years, that was a, a, a really a lead focus for myself when it came to education and um, then worked with a number of restaurants and, and did a lot of recipe development um, in that side of things and then just uh you know started spanning out and i've always had a love for food always uh been passionate about good food and um you know so i started spanning out there and and uh working with a number of restaurants and from a business perspective with restaurants i was seeing that uh you know adding a little cooked food on the menus were was certainly a, a, a good good from the business standpoint in terms of food costs. So that's uh, that's how I started introducing a little bit more into my work and and just kind of took over from there. And um, you know, I found myself and on this amazing path, and just very grateful, very grateful for all the players involved and everybody that has uh, been a teacher along the way, and and everybody that continues to be. So um, it's been it's been quite a journey in in the in the field of plant based. So. 
Ah, it, it's beautiful to hear you. Your your humility is really sincere. So there's something in uh, Wicked Healthy that I really liked. You said, you know, there's this 80-20 rule. I've used that in my closet. You know, they tell you that mm-hmm. you wear 20% of the clothes, <laughs> 80% of the time. So you say you want to be really healthy 80% of the time. Kind of indulge yourself 20% of the time. And that equals 100% sexy. So how do we do that? Inside and out. Yeah. So it's, it, it, you know, I, I've been, you know, because I was so focused on raw and because I was so focused on no oil for so long, it's, it's, it, it doesn't meet people where they're at. And I, I know that that's, uh, that, that, um, we tend to get old with that saying, but it's, um, it's one of those things that it's, we were looking at an approach, the way that we approach health. And I mean, everybody has their level of indulgence and, um, you know, I, I think, you know, on most days we all, we're all human. We want comfort food. We want to be comforted emotionally with food when it comes to taste and textures that we're so used to. And, and if that is, um, if that comes down to, you know, eating something that has oil in it, that that has, that's cooked or, you know, something that is, you know, just comforting all around. Um, you know, I think we should allow ourselves to do that, you know, and, and being, you know, really, restrictive uh not only limits yourself but it's you know when we're when you're trying to appeal to a larger audience it it makes it a little bit more difficult for it to be approachable you know so so that's you know the whole philosophy behind wicked healthy is we're not trying to turn vegans more vegan (laughs) you know at the end of the day we're looking at you know um you know vegan food for for the avid meat eater and what what are people actually looking for that that want to make that transition and what they're looking for is taste and texture and not being restrictive. They're looking at, at the end of the day, just good food, you know, and, uh, and that's a focus. That's a focus of, of mine and my brothers and, and, uh, we get healthy as a company. So, yeah, well, my husband was pretty close to all raw for a while, lost a lot of weight, really was very happy with what happened with that. And, and sometimes he'll still say to me, is that raw? Is that raw? (laughs) And I think that's kind of a way to say, is that healthy? So, Mm -hmm. What do you think is a definition of what's healthy? What what can we know is in that eighty percent? I think certainly unprocessed food. I mean, whole plant, whole plant based food. I mean, at the end of the day, we just wrote the Whole Foods Mark, the Whole Foods Cookbook, which is uh, out on shelves called the Whole Foods Cookbook. Um, my brother and I, uh, we ended up doing all the recipes in that um, with a couple of contributors there. Uh, but that the focus of that book is is eat whole plants. At the end of the day, you know, and and one of uh, my roles over the years has been, you know, I was a coordinator of the the healthy eating program at Whole Foods Market, and so we started we started the Health Starts Here program, which was exactly that, focused on you know introducing people to whole plant based foods uh, with a, you know minimally processed, and um, and so that's the focus of the book. So that that's where I, what falls in the category of healthy for me is is as minimally processed as possible, you know, cutting back on the oils when you can, cutting back on the sodium when you can, just eating, eating real food at the end of the day. And then that allows you to, you know, still kick up that 20% of what, what works for you. You know, um, if, you know, if you're already vegan then that, that might be some little bit of processed food or that might be, you know, having some drinks on the weekend or, you know, indulging in, you know, a big old pasta dinner, whatever, whatever it is, whatever your indulgence is and how you define that. Um, you know, we don't want to put definitions on, on, on health and what, what makes a balanced diet. I think that you arm people with delicious recipes and, and, um, you know, encouragement to, to make, to make uh, healthy choices, you know? Mm. 
So what keeps you and your brother vegan? I know a lot of people in the food world and even in the health world, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, eat a lot of vegetables and then whatever else you do is kind of up to you. What keeps you on the straight and narrow of keeping the animal foods out? I think at the end of the day, it's about compassion. You know, I think that, um, you know, the whole path that we're on with Wicked Healthy and I feel like the the plant-based, the, the vegan world in general operates on a, on a basis of compassion. And, you know, we have compassion for for people around us, you know, friends and family and, and the environment. And that includes animals, you know, I mean, why, why would we, why would we consume, um, there's no reason to consume animals at the end of the day. And especially when you look at just from a culinary standpoint, there are so many amazing products on the market that there's no need for animals on the plate whatsoever. You know, um, you know, you're looking at more and more chefs these days and, you know, corporations, even, you know, larger animal ag companies that are investing in the plant-based space because they need to diversify their protein at the end of the day. And, um, you know, I mean, what drives us is, is compassion is uh is teaching people how to you know take those steps and embrace compassion with what they put on their plate you know mm. so ah oh, bless you so i want to ask you um a, a word question because it's mm-hmm. just come out um in the press that uh, PETA is calling on people not to use phrases like big bring home the bacon and you have a fabulous recipe <laughs> in wicked healthy for plant bacon so mm-hmm. you're not calling it plant kind of sort of a little bit bacon-ish. You know, you're saying plant bacon. How do you mm-hmm. feel about words like that? And do they belong to us too? I think they certainly do. Because if you look at, I mean, granted, there's been, uh, you know, the, the term bacon is associated with animal products typically. Um, but really, you know, I get this question a lot is like, why are why are people going to consume you know a vegan chicken or a beyond you know a beyond burger and why are you calling it a burger and i mean we get this argument all the time and have for years and at the end of the day it goes back to our philosophy with wicked healthy we're not trying to turn vegans more vegan you know um you know we make good food and it's good food at the end of the day period you know Mm. and it's uh if people want to label it as what they wish, then um, then they can certainly do so. But what what we're doing as chefs and as innovators is to is to you know relate to people of what what they're used to, whether it is the naming, whether it is the texture, whether it is the appearance, whether it is a taste, whatever it is a comfort of certain foods, and it's basically taking that and and um, you know offering them an you know an alternative to where you know bacon. At the end of the day, what what I think of when I think of bacon is is salty, sweet, and smokiness. You know, that's what I think of bacon. Um, so you can baconize pretty much anything at the end of the day, um, just like you can make burgers out of, out of you know, most, most pulses and, and vegetables, you know. So, um, so I know, you know, a lot of people get tripped up on the, on the naming, which, which, you know, I can see that point 100%. I'm an ethical vegan. I always have been, um, you know, for years and, you know, I'm doing this for the animals and also for the health of our planet and people I love around me. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's just good food. And if I'm going to get someone to, you know, eat this sandwich that will normally not eat this sandwich, I'm going to call it plant bacon. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, yes, indeed. You know, because we want to introduce people to, you know, the same taste and textures that they're familiar with. And I think yeah. that's important. That's why these products on the market have just blown up and in, in, uh, in the market. I mean, look at 
the growth of Beyond Burger and and Impossible and what they've done to the market and just just blown the doors open. I think to to, uh, to introducing people to to more plant based foods. Yeah, it's wonderful, especially when you know they're at White Castle. The ultimate Americana. But something else I want to say that is so great about Wicked Healthy, I haven't read the Whole Foods cookbook yet, have to get that next. But in the Wicked Healthy cookbook, you're thinking, oh my gosh, these are a couple of chefs. This is probably (laughs) going to be really good food, but way too difficult for me to make. So when I first looked at the plant bacon, it says, two cups large shiitake mushrooms, four portobello mushroom caps, one large eggplant, two young Thai coconuts. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I couldn't possibly do that. But then when you look closer, you just pick one of those. (laughs) It's like whatever you happen to have around (laughs) and you can, as you said, baconize it, which is absolutely thrilling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it it comes down to making it approachable, right? I mean, we, you know, at the end of the day, we're chefs, we, we stay inspired by, you know, continuing to innovate. Um, But at the end of the day, it's just plain basic ingredients that, that, uh, that, that we're passionate about. And, and what drives innovation for us is, is, is whole plant food, you know, at the end of the day. So, you know, we are our, our Wicked Kitchen, on that note, our Wicked Kitchen line over in the UK has just absolutely blown up. Um, and we're not using any um, processed foods in that. That's a completely whole plant-based uh, focused food line. And we have almost 40 products and uh, close to 800 stores uh, across across the UK. So <laughs> That is thrilling. I know it was just starting when I was over there last and, and people were already talking about it. So congratulations on that. I, I love everything that happens in the UK since <laughs> veganism started there. So mm-hmm. it just wonderful to see that. Yeah, it so sure I, Speaking of innovation, you innovate something in the uh, Wicked Healthy Cookbook with mushrooms. You basically turn mushrooms into meat and it's not even hard. How do you do that? See, this is something that my my brother Derek has been just so focused on. I mean, he's been basically the conductor on the mushroom train, is what we call him. He's been riding the mushroom train for a while, and you know, he, he the innovation that he has focused on when it comes to a certain technique, living up in the Northwest and doing a lot of wild foraging and finding these unique mushrooms and wild mushrooms and. Um, you know, the main focus of some of the mushroom recipes in the book is is really the whole press and sear technique, and that's something that we do with a lot of cluster mushrooms uh, that you'll see in there with the with the maitake brisket towards the end uh, of the book, which is one of the best recipes I would say in the book. One of them, um, but it's basically the press and sear technique to where you're condensing the fibers, you're basically pressing out a lot of the moisture, a lot of the water out of those mushrooms. Um, which in turn is also the mustiness and the the, the uh, bitterness that a lot of mushrooms also do carry. Um, and you're pressing it out and you're condensing the fibers. And then from there, you're you're marinating, brining, saucing, however you wish in terms of adding more flavor and then throwing it on the grill. And you're getting all those same textures and, and appearances as you would from, you know, something that is uh, not plants. So mm, Amazing. And I ever, every now and then somebody asks me about mushrooms and they say, well, you know, it's not really a plant. Mm-hmm. And I usually say that that seems to me like the essence of sweating the small stuff. What do you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it grows from the earth, right? I mean, it grows in soil. Yes, the spores can last in space. So I don't know if we would define it necessarily as a plant, but um, but it... Uh, 
you know, it's 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 one of the best, I would say, um, alternatives to to meat for someone who's um, just being introduced to plant based foods. Mm-hmm. You know, true. in terms in terms of texture, without a doubt. So absolutely. So let's talk about seafood that doesn't come from fishes. <laughs> so I've experienced the good catch tuna, mm-hmm. and. Oh my gosh, because as I was telling you during the break, tuna was hard for me to give up. I, I was an old time Weight Watchers when you had to eat fish five times a week. Mm-hmm. So I probably have a very high mercury load from those days, <laughs> but I actually really liked eating tuna and I thought I'd never quite have that again. And now I don't have to worry about that anymore. So tell us how you got involved with Good Catch, how you started that. And what's happening there? Yeah, so thank you for bringing that up. So Good Catch Foods is, is a company we've started uh, um, almost two years ago, and we're just about to launch. So it's very timely that we're having this discussion. We're launching in January, and it's going to be the um, uh, we're launching a line of uh, fish-free tuna products. So we'll have a tuna in water, tuna in oil, and a Mediterranean-style tuna. There'll be three shelf-stable products sitting right next to uh, the tuna in that aisle. Um, and they'll be fully plants. So it's made out of a sixth legume blend. Uh, so it's uh, chickpea, uh, navy bean, lentil, fava bean, soy, and pea protein. Um, it's an extruded product, uh, but for it to be shelf stable, it's put through um, an extruder, which is basically makes it shelf stable. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a retort machine, which makes it shelf stable. Um, so it's going to live right next to where people buy tuna, right? Um, and I think that's really important when it comes to merchandising and to really appeal to that sort of flexitarian shopper that's looking for that um, to, to diversify their protein for the week. Uh, but we set out on this journey about two years ago. I mean, and it's really looking at, um, you know, one thing that we really focus on with Wicked Healthy is high impact opportunities when it comes to projects and and how can we create something or be involved with something that's going to have the most impact um, according to our mission and why what we're why we're doing what we're doing and in Good Catch we saw the major major white space with seafood and the plant based options um, and if you're looking at you know 95 percent of the uh, um, of uh, of you know, protein consumed on this planet is pretty much from the ocean, and it's uh, it's incredible how how many um, products for alternatives for you know chicken and beef and things like that uh, exist, but very very few from uh, from the ocean. Um, and so we we wanted to create a product that was gonna really disrupt that space, which is very exciting, you know, um, and, and offer a product that was, again, hit the same taste and texture, um, you know, um, um, sort of sensories that, that, uh, that a tuna would, you know. Um, one thing that we did when we started developing this product is we were polling a lot of folks that buy tuna and don't like tuna and, you know, miss tuna and, um, you know, and one of the things that was pretty consistent, one of the descriptions is the smell, is a lot of people were turned off by the smell. Um, and that's why certain people didn't like it. And that's why, you know, certain tuna sales uh, have gone down from workplace shaming of people eating tuna at work. And it's, it's which is true. <laughs> I remember true, that. Actually. Which is true. And, um, and uh, you know, and so we created a product that texturally, appearance-wise, and functionality is almost identical. I would say identical to tuna, um, but the smell's not there. And what one thing that we um, have really emphasized is for it to taste like the ocean because it's what it is. We involve um, um, 
you know, different omegas in there. We have DHA oil and different seaweed extracts in the product. So it actually tastes like more fresh ocean rather than the stinkiness of, of what people are used to when they think of tuna. Um, and you just got to try it. I mean, it's a, it's an incredible product. We're so excited about launching it. And then we're going to be launching a number of line extensions in that same space with crab cakes and fish burgers <coughs> and um, a number of other items that will be launched within uh, within 2000, late 2019. So. Oh. Well, it's going to be a great year <laughs> for yeah, eating. Certainly will. Certainly yeah. Will. Well, the tuna will tide me over till we get to the crab cakes. <laughs> this, is, this is really, really good. So what is it with people and fish and the idea that, okay, you know, meat, take it or leave it health-wise, but you got to have some fish. Where did yeah. that all come from? I think if you just look at, um, you know, people who are, uh, you know, giving up or, you know, s slowing down in their consumption of animal products, they're like, they always look at fish as being the cleaner uh, protein, right? And, um, and I mean, people are recognizing that that's not exactly true these days. I mean, there's more, you know, sort of general knowledge around, um, you know, the mercury levels you mentioned earlier. I mean, the the high mercury levels in larger fish especially. And then now is the discussion around microfibers and microplastics in in seafood. And it's just, uh, and these concerns are, 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 are being more globally recognized. And so, um, you know, one thing that we wanted to do is not only address the uh, an alternative to that space and and show people that you can still get that sort of comfort textually and visually and you know functionally as you could tune without you know harming the fish and getting that extra mercury um, but also um, also looking at um, the nutritional panel you know we wanted to look at the nutritional panel because that's where people have been attracted to tuna is you know it's high in protein it's clean it's low in fat it's lower in sodium and it's you know high in omegas right and so we've been almost able to make that um, sort of identical uh, comparison with our product in terms of 14 to 15 grams of protein per serving it's low in sodium it's low in fat and it's high omegas because we're adding DHA and algae oils and extracts so um, which is very exciting to be able to offer that from also the nutritional standpoint that's stunning. I absolutely love it. So can we make sushi with this tuna too? You certainly can. It hydrates really well. And we do spicy tuna rolls, which are incredible. We do that at most of our tastings. So, yeah. so I want to ask you, is you're someone who's identified with really wonderful food. What do you eat in your very own life day to day? Um, well, I, well, it depends on what I have in my fridge and if I'm traveling or not. I, I have favorites, certainly. I love, um, I love spice. I love bold flavors. I love pasta. I love noodles, I dumplings. Um, um, I eat a lot of salads. <laughs> you know, I eat very, very simply. I, I cook every night. I do cook every night for my family. I have a couple of kids and my wife and we, and we cook, we cook dinner at home every night and, uh, when I'm not traveling and, um, you know, try to mix it up a little bit, but, you know, definitely big pasta, pasta fans, love Italian, love, love, uh, Pan-Asian type of flavors. So, uh, personally, I love spice. I love chilies and bold flavors and, um, 
yeah, so very simple, you know, at the end of the day. Um, when I travel, I seek out um, where I'm going to stay, um, you know, based on <laughs> based on the foods that I'm going to eat in that city. <laughs> so mm-hmm. whether it's fresh hand-pulled noodles or fresh dumplings or um, or one of my favorite vegan restaurants or so forth. So um, that food definitely drives me. <laughs> ah, That's for ah. sure. So good food. I love it. So, oh, one thing, people are going to be mad at me if I don't tell them, where mm-hmm. can we find the tuna in January? Uh, so it, we're going to be available at Thrive Market online. Uh, we're launching with them and also launching with Fresh Direct in New York. Um, and, that, and then we'll be launching nationally with Whole Foods Market, right, right, oh. right to follow um, with uh, it available um, in nationally um, after right. Whole Foods. So. Wonderful. Well, see, you wait long enough, all your dreams come true. <laughs> Thank you, you so, so much. Uh, the Wicked Healthy Cookbook, the Whole Foods Cookbook. Look up Chad Sarno and his wonderful brother, Derek, online. They are doing amazing things. And this tuna, good catch foods. Tuna now, more fish later. Fish without the fish. Next week, one week from today, live on Unity Online Radio, we will be talking with Ocean Robbins and JL Fields on our special Christmas show where I'm kind of borrowing something from what Oprah used to do. We're going to do my favorite vegan things, favorite gifts, favorite stocking stuffers. (laughs) So uh, be with us next week. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Eat your veggies and your plant-based fish. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.